Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election. Sean, you know oh, that. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we're here with the latest on the general election campaign. With me today from our politics team are Jennifer Bray and Pat Leahy. You're both very welcome. Thank you, Hugh. Pat, you have a theory about this week upon which we are just embarking now. Well, I have a theory about lots of things, Hugh. But uh, in this particular instance, yeah, I, I'm in our digest uh, this morning, which of course subscribers can all sign up to and get emailed to their inboxes every morning. I, I described it as a moving week. And I think that this is the week. We're now two weeks into the general election campaign, polling day on Saturday week. But we know from previous electoral research that by the time you get to the weekend before polling, most people, most undecided voters have begun to move towards their eventual destination. They may not be entirely nailed down as party voters yet, but they are on the way to their eventual destination. And I think that, you know, just talking to people across the main parties today and over the weekend, they very much have that sense that this week is the crucial week in, uh, in, in the general election campaign. And if you look at the kind of structure of the campaign thus far, we've had the opening part where the government, Fine Gael, got pretty much flayed. The polls were are very much against them. More polls yesterday bearing out the findings of our uh, survey last week, which showed them a bit behind, you know, three big trends. Fianna Gael a bit behind Fianna Fáil. Fianna Fáil doing well and, Fianna, and uh, Sinn Féin showing big gains since uh, November, challenging uh, the position of the, big, of the big two parties. That's where I think the landscape is for the first half of the campaign. And the big question now, and the decisive question, I think, for this uh, for this contest is whether Fine Gael can change the narrative of the first two weeks, whether that public mood begins to switch away from the, uh, the anger in some cases and annoyance uh, in others about the state of health and housing and whether it moves on to the economy and Brexit. So that will either happen this week or it won't happen Or at not at all. And Jennifer, you were with Fianna Fáil <laughs> today and presumably they're more conscious than anybody of, of this, the kind of crucial nature of this week. 
Yes, absolutely they are. And I think what Fianna Fáil plan to do is exactly what they've done so far and keep hammering home that the government has failed their eyes in, in areas like health and housing. Um, I think on the doorsteps they're finding a friendly reception to that message. A lot of people, you know, our poll that we had um, last week showing that I think it was 70% of people um, uh, care most about housing and health in comparison to 7% for climate change or or 3%, I think it was 3% for Brexit. Mm, so, yeah. you know, this is the issues. These are the issues that are exercising voters so I think they're going to stick with that um, and as you can see from our uh, our lead story this morning Fine Gael are going to stick with their uh, attack messaging so there was a couple of things over the weekend which I thought were noteworthy or, or interesting and, and one of them was uh, Fine Gael had a campaign update on Saturday so it sent out an email basically inviting political journalists to come for an update and I did wonder like what is this like what, what do we need to be updated about but they'd actually printed out um, uh, fake manifestos fake Fianna Fáil manifestos which is just political campaigning it's nothing unusual but it was more it's more the tone of the attack that I think uh, separates this from from normal kind of political attack campaigns and thinking in particular of uh, Simon Coveney's comment about I know Micheál Martin better than most people and he's not the man for the job in terms of, of Brexit. Kind of an unusual comment for him. And Pascal Donoghue then at this event on Saturday showed journalists a video which was him standing in in a state talking to the camera and they had kind of pictures of different headlines over the years. And those headlines were, you know, stuff about unemployment and, and how bad things were in the recession. And it's put against a backdrop of very emotive music. And I think it's kind of saying, basically, do you want to go back to this? If you vote for, you know, the opposite to us, this is what you're going to get. How could they promise they're going to bring back the SSIA and ask yourself the question, can we really afford this all over again? And it's playing on people's emotions and it's playing on uh, people's fear. And that's what led us to this morning then. Uh, Fianna Fáil were launching their plans to deal with uh, the insurance crisis, as they see, it's a crisis for everything now. Um, but they uh, have a couple, of di- a couple of different plans anyway. But we, we asked them about their reaction to the, the fake manifesto and, and the attack campaigning. And Michael McGrath, the party's finance spokesman, said that he compared it to a Trump-style project fear campaign and that he, in his view, Fine Gael want to play dirty and let them on, but they're going to keep on hammering home the messages of housing and health. So I think you'll see a lot more of this in the, in the next few days. Now, I don't know whether you can compare it to Trump-style campaigning that's up to people to make up their own mind but it does seem to be getting a little bit nasty. Okay well the six billion dollar question to you then Pat is which of these strategies is going to work the project fear one or the we need to get this useless shower out to get a few things fixed in the country one? I, I don't know the answer to that question Hugh is the short answer um, and I, I think this is in a way the story and you know often as political journalists were asked actually not to be political journalists at all, but asked to be, you know, futurologists and to say what's going to happen in the election that is two weeks away. I think uh, I, I think that question isn't answerable yet because the answer to that question will depend on how those two countervailing narratives rub up against one another, how they are presented by the party leaders in the debates, how they work on the doorsteps. Is that public mood, you know, like it was in 2016 when Fine Gael had a bad first half of the campaign and hoped and believed that it would turn around in the second half of the campaign, that there would be a change in the second half of the campaign. And there was a change in the second half of the campaign, but it was that things got actually worse, got worse. <laughs> for, for Fianna Gael. And that, could, and that could happen again. And we simply don't know enough about the 
innermost thoughts of the uh, the typical swayable, swingable Irish voter in 2020 as opposed to 2016? Has he or she changed? Will their receptiveness to that different message, to those different messages, influence a different outcome? And and that to me is one of the most fascinating things about the campaign. And these few days, this week in particular, is now, I think this is the and crucible in which well, it will be decided. The, another thing which mirrors 2016, is, it is, but it, drilling down into that a little bit, remember Andy Kenny campaigning, canvassing all around the country, became quite tired, I think, uh, naturally, and made mm. his comment about Windsor's. The Windsor's that I hear every week saying, there's nothing happening. And he's talking about, obviously, the, at the time, growing economic success and the fact that many people couldn't see him. We've been hearing this from people in government for months now, that the media don't give them the credit they deserve. And I just think if they go down that road of people just don't understand how great we are, it'll go just as badly as it did in 2016. That's just my opinion. Obviously, I don't know. I'm very disappointed in both of you me. that you're you're not demonstrating your either your telepathic or or your psychic powers. You I have know, my crystal um, ball to, in my bag. Yeah, actually, to, I brought to it along this evening. Um, could I ask though? I mean, who are they chasing this week? Is there a cohort of undecided voters who can be you know? bagged in the next six or seven days or are they looking to change people's minds? There's 20% of people in, in, our, in our most recent poll were undecided. Many of whom won't vote though. That's yeah. that's correct but t- typically according to the pollsters you look at those, the undecided numbers and what they say is don't knows, don't vote. What is certainly true though is that there are voters whose votes are still up for grabs. Now typically when they're asked by pollsters they tend to express a preference but those minds can be changed over the course of the week. So the voters I think that every party is targeting, you know, different voters in, 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 up, up to a point. What Fine Gael needs to target and will target, I think, are those voters that, you know, think a bit of a change would be grand but don't want to endanger the progress of the last number of years that the country has made economically and, uh, and in other ways. They're the ones that Fine Gael is now trying to target and is trying to target those by warning them about Fianna Fáil. So, I mean, Jen is absolutely right when she says, you know, that it is negative, it is nasty. My understanding is that that is very much going to continue, that Fine Gael are going to try to scare the living daylights out of voters who are inclined to vote for a change by warning them that a change could actually disadvantage their own But the problem with that is the vast majority of people uh, of a voting age now are people who do vote remember 2011 and they remember the recession and they many, many people probably lost their home or you know uh, suffered in various different ways so if, the, if they're thinking about younger voters who are registering to vote for the first time it looks like they've already lost the room in terms of that because if you drill down into the Red Sea figures 33% of under 35s trust Sinn Féin on housing in comparison to 14% of Fine Gael, 13% on Fianna Fáil. That says a lot. And it says a lot about why younger people are going now, to Sinn Féin. And that might be a sign for the way, the way things are shifting. Just to say, by the way, if you're enjoying our coverage, uh, let me just remind you again that you can get unlimited access to all our journalism by just signing up for a digital subscription at irishtimes.com slash subscribe. For the remarkable price of just one euro for the first month, you'll get all our Irish news, international coverage from the largest team of foreign correspondents employed by any Irish media organisation, along with in-depth business sport features and culture coverage, not to mention special offers and subscriber-only events. So pop over to irishtimes.com to subscribe as soon as this podcast is over. It sounds 
barely plausible. It's such an amazing <laughs> offer. It is incredible. Thank you for thank you for backing me up there, Pat. Now this evening, the next debate. It's going to be the the seven dwarfs at their podiums. <laughs> Wow. Yes, Same. indeed. It was, uh, it was a phrase which was used, I seem to remember, in the Democratic primaries. Listen, uh, some of those uh, leaders are very sensitive about their height, so I'd just be really careful going down that road. Um, um, what? No, I'm not answering that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, obviously we're going to be, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between the seven. It's going to be interesting to see how RTE manage everybody shouting over each other um, because that's what happened in 2016. But uh, there are, there's, there's pressure on someone like I'm thinking Brendan Howland, like his, the, the Labour Party are constantly somewhere around 4%, between 4 and 6% in the polls. If you were to go by the polls, they haven't seen anywhere near the kind of recovery that they talk about internally um, and nowhere near probably what they would have been hoping for. So I think it'll be important for him to get out exactly what the Labour Party is about, what differentiates them. Um, and, and similarly for the Greens, it'd be important for Eamon Ryan to kind of hold his nerve um, because if, if things are going the way they look for the Greens, then you know he won't want to mess that up, obviously. And these debates can be pivotal. Is so. this a don't screw up kind of a gig? Really? <laughs> yes. I think so. Well, all, I mean, all debates are. It's certainly harder to shine in, in, in a crowded field, but you can definitely screw up. And that's one of the dangers, I suppose, for the big two, uh, the leaders, of the big two parties. They will be targeted by everybody. Um, but, but you know, it, it, it could also be a significant moment in the campaign if there is that potential change in public mood, then, you know, something like tonight could possibly trigger it and I think you know one of the questions I, I I hope is is brought out tonight and by the way you know woman with the worst job in Ireland tonight is Claire Byrne trying to keep order and and watchability on on on, uh, on what will obviously be to some extent a, a sort of a scrum but um, one of the questions I would like to see asked is about you know what are people's red lines for coalition we know that there is going to be a coalition government of some description after after the next election. So everything that people are promising, you know, from pensions to water quality in Dublin Bay. I was out with the Greens in Seapoint uh, this morning on this, uh, on this subject, is subject to coalition discussions. So to my mind, the party leaders have an obligation and an opportunity tonight to say what are what is up for negotiation what is a red line? And I think that's what I'll be watching. Out Last for. thought, do you think they'll do that, Jen? Because these things can just degenerate into a shouting match. I think they probably will. I think we might, I think we'll hear a bit of it. They won't all outline all of their red lines and they won't get a chance to either. Um, but but I, I, th- I think they might. And, and obviously the other thing I would say is big night for Mary Lou. As far as I'm aware, it's her first TV debate. Obviously she a bit of aggro there about not being inv- invited onto the other one. So it'll be interesting to see how she performs. I think just funny, I think that the leaders will, can, will certainly be able to hide from questions tonight because you can do that in a seven-way debate. But actually, if they want to register with the public, they will have to tell them some clear stuff. They will have to give them some hard information in a that, concise sticks, way. that sticks in their mind. That's the opportunity for them. In a concise way. That's what we try to do in this podcast as well because that's it. Thanks very much to Jennifer and to Pat. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. Remember, you can subscribe to us in all the usual podcasting places. You can also get us at irishtimes.com slash podcasts. Please do mail us with your views at politicspodcasts at irishtimes.com or just say hello on Twitter. We'll be back very soon. But until then, thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.